um, doing this uh, scripture reading, and then the message, and we have a couple of announcements in between. So um, the scripture reading today, uh, we go through an annual series of scripture readings in our church. Uh, the scripture reading today is, the topic is the salvation for all nations. And the Old Testament reading for today is from Psalm 22, verses 25 through 31. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's. And he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord for the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has done this. And in the New Testament, we keep the same thought of the salvation to all nations, which is a, a major part of of what we're all about, even during these times, Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 40. Acts 8, 26 through 40. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I understand unless someone guides me? And when Philip came to him and sat with him, the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet, I'm sorry, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began, beginning at this scripture, preach Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuchs saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. One second, I'm trying to get through. Here we go. Trying to get screens to change on my iPad here. Um, again, good morning um, from Grammy's Kitchen. Uh, the temporary place of our of the preaching. Hold on, sorry, got to make an adjustment there. There we go. Um, we're making a um, uh, as in our in our temporary time of, of of having a message. 
Grammy's Kitchen is a lovely place to have the message from. So many things have happened in Grammy's Kitchen. Discussions and chats and tears and joy and about everything else you can imagine. So it's an appropriate place. Um, but you know what? It's not church. And I have to tell you, I'm missing church desperately. Um, just in a way of a note here, if, if especially for our church folks, but anybody else who wants to, if you'd like to take part in the scripture reading, we would be more than happy to send you for the reading, send you the reading for the week. You could record it and send it back to us, and we'd include we would include it with the things we do on a Sunday morning. So anybody who'd like to do that, we'd love to have you take part. Um, really, mostly our church folks, but hey, we're all family. So anybody who'd like to do that. Uh, so you're invited to do that for us. We got our roadmap um, to come out of this thing Friday night. And uh, to me, it, it was in some ways, it was nice having a map. But, um, you know, it's still, we're looking at, at the very earliest stretch of the imagination. Unless things improve dramatically, we're not going to be able to have church again, at least till late June. Probably the 26th of July is the next time we're going to be able to have a church service. And um, I'm finding that to be difficult. I'm, fi- I'm missing the tangible fellowship. I'm missing our family and friends being together and, and sharing time together and having a bit of crack and fellowship in church. And oh, desperately missing that. Guys, we need to stay faithful. We're going to talk about this um, uh, during the message this morning. But we need to stay faithful. We need to be faithful to God during this time. Uh, so just be praying for each other. Pray for God's grace to get through the next several weeks. Pray that we'd be um, innovative if there's something else we can do to, to reach out to people during this time. Uh, but just, just keep praying for each other and for the church to come back and for the and the leaders as they try to implement this roadmap back to some sense of normalcy. 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 Um, uh, we have a couple of things going on this week. Wednesday night at half past seven, Irish summertime, we have a Zoom prayer meeting. Uh, that's 2.30 on the American East Coast and 1.30 in Central Time Zone in America. If you'd like to join us on that, there will be a link on our church page on Wednesday afternoon, our time. We'd love to have you join us. Um, just click the link and you can join our prayer service. Uh, it's a Zoom prayer room. Then Thursday at 4.30 Irish summertime, Mary will be doing her Kids Club Bible lesson, which has gone really, really well. Of course, and that doesn't surprise me, I, I really think my wife is the master teacher. She's the best teacher I know. When he does these things, it doesn't surprise me at all. It goes brilliant, like brilliantly. So that's 4.30 Thursday afternoon, um, Irish summertime. Um, I guess that's all in the way of announcements. So if you would, if you have your Bible handy, and I wish you'd open, I wish you would open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 62. Uh, we're going through what we're calling a season for Psalms, and I don't know how long this will last. If this drags out too long, I, I may go back to doing something else. But right now, there's plenty of Psalms to help us get through this. I kind of feel repetitive coming to this every Sunday, but when we're battered by the news, we're battered by all week, and we're, every day we're getting death totals and infection totals and this news and that news and how the economy is collapsing. We're being battered by that every day. So for the moment, unless the Holy Spirit changes direction, I think we need these weekly reminders about how we're supposed to get through this. And that's the theme for today. If you look on the board behind me, there's one word that summarizes Psalm 62, and that's the word cope. Now, Mary had to write that backwards for me. My Facebook Live video isn't letting me flip the screen this morning for some reason. 
Um, so the word is cope. And if you want to write cope down the edge of your paper, we'll give you some notes here to take. Um, four points of the outline. And for our Team Timothy lads, I want you to look for the seven... Uh, what is it? Seven descriptions of God's power and provision. And they'll all start with God is my this. God is my this. God is my this. There's seven of those coming up later. So if you lads will keep track of those and send those in to us, um, we'll keep track of who does it. And someday, somehow, we'll give you guys a little reward of some sort. So um, praise God for the chance to be here together. Psalm 62. How do we cope? How do we cope in this mess? I don't cope well in situations like this. This is not my cup of tea. I don't like waiting. I don't like... I'm not a super industrious person, but I I think Mary would say I'm a busy person, whether I'm industrious or not. Um, when I had my heart surgery, those poor nurses did everything they could to try to tie me down. I think one nurse, Karen, I think she wished she had restraints to tie me to the bed because they, they, I'm just a busy person. So times like this are not... For me, how do how, so we need to how do we cope through this situation? Well, Psalm sixty-two was written at a time when David was, of course, under opposition. He was being opposed as he always was. We don't know exactly the the time of it, but he's he is telling how you cope when the difficulties are there. And we're going to use those four words. We're going to use cope, and cope is going to stand for confidence in God's ability. Confidence in God's ability. The O stands for opposition will come the P stands for the providence of God's sovereignty the providence of God's sovereignty and the E is the exaltation of God's glory so as we cope we we have confidence in God's ability we realize that opposition will come we rely on the providence of God's sovereignty and we exalt the glory of God we're going to start with a word of prayer um if you want to give us a prayer request, uh, sometimes there's delays and sometimes not everybody's live. But if it comes to us live and in time, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be praying. We'll pray for your request at the end of the message. So Psalm, Psalm 62, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our chance to be together this morning. Lord, bless your, the teaching and preaching of your word. Help our hearts to be prepared. Give us strength. Give us a knowledge of how we can cope with the situation we're in right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm going to start by reading verses 1 through 6 because it's a kind of a, the first two points are kind of a choppy point. Um, but we'll, the, the first two points kind of go together, but they're all in verses 1 through 6. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you. Now the opposition is here now. Like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth. But they curse inwardly. My soul, verse 5, wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. So we begin, confidence in God's ability. And we, uh, while we watched a show the other night, one of the mystery shows, some of the stuff we're watching, um, about the who, whole idea of who, what, when, where, why, and how, and they were talking about how important those questions were. And um, so we're going to kind of use that this morning. The first thing is, what do we do? All right, it's here. We're stuck with it. Whether it's being handled properly or not, whether this is overblown, or whether it's underhyped, or whatever's going on, it doesn't really make any difference. 
We're told to obey the laws of our government. And right now, we all need to learn how to wait. What do we do? We wait. We wait with anticipation. Waiting um, with anticipation. Now, this waiting in this word is not mean. Does not mean my kind of waiting. This this is a a reliance. It's a, it's it's, an, it's a waiting that realizes that God is going to bring us a result. I know some people are very patient people. I don't like it. Something we're called to do. Several places in the Psalms we're called to wait upon the Lord and wait on Him. Waiting is good. Lamentations chapter two, uh, three, verse twenty-six says it's good that a man waits on the Lord in his youth. Um, it's a good thing. Why does why is waiting good? Because waiting teaches us patience. Waiting teaches us reliance on God. Um, and so, when do we do it? <coughs> My soul silently waits for God. Now, right now, we need to be waiting on God to do a work in this time. Something we have to go through. Whenever the crisis comes, we need to wait on Him. Uh, my soul waits. It's a present tense word. Right now, I'm waiting on God. And oh, that I could say that in a, in a much better way than I do. It's, it just doesn't come to me naturally at all. So, what do we have to do? We have to wait. Um, when do we have to wait? Oh, who is to wait? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Verse. Who are we to wait on? We're to wait on God. Isaiah 40, verse 31. It's a verse most of you are familiar with. Um, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and wait up, or they shall mount up with wings on as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint if the object of our waiting is God okay, it's good for us to be waiting on Him who do we wait on? we wait on God how do we do that? we do that because we realize that God is God and we're people we, we're not going to have the same nature as God. It's impossible. We're never going to see that happen. So we're waiting on God, and we're waiting on God. We can. We ought, to, we ought to be able to wait with some patience because He's the one that knows what we need when we need it. So who do we wait on God? When do we do it? Now. How do we wait upon the Lord? We wait truly or only on Him. We can't wait. <coughs> Excuse me. We can't wait on our governments to come through in this, this situation because I don't think anybody really has a clue what they're doing. We wait only on God. Only on God my soul waits is the literal translation. So often we're waiting for something to happen. We wait for a letter in the post. We wait for this or that. And we're waiting for our citizenship documents to come through. Um, this Sometimes this is called the only psalm because it talks about a firm reliance on God. So during this time, while we're seeing what's going to happen, we're waiting only on God. And that's a blessing, isn't it? Because we know our human leaders are going to fail us. We're told to pray for them, but we know they're going to fail us because they're men. We can choose how to wait. Can we wait on God? Are we going to wait with worry? I wish I could say I'm perfect. I wish I could say that I have an easy time waiting. But I don't always do that. I want what I want when I want it. Let me read you a quote by Spurgeon. And if, um, if, if you would, put your, if you have a pencil or whatever, and Mary's taking notes for the, for the prayer request, I want you to listen carefully, okay? Shut, close your mind to distractions. I want you to hear something that Charles Spurgeon said about 150 years ago about waiting. He said, For God is in no hurry. His purposes can be accomplished without haste. 
And though he would have us redeem the time because our days are evil, yet in his eternity he can afford to wait. And by his wisdom he so orders his delays, and they prove to be far better than our hurries. God's waits are far better than our hurries. And we need to trust that God is in this situation, even with the incredible frustrations and the pain of missing grandkids and friends and, my goodness, missing our church fellowship. I was almost in tears this morning in agony and yearning to try, want to get back together. But God works better in His waitings than in our hurryings. We need to trust God. Depend on Him. He says, the psalmist says, I'm going to wait with all of my soul. Down in verse 5, he says, I'm going to wait silently. That means I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Saw a picture of that in one of them. Um, I think I mentioned in devotion this week about how Job at one point said he had to shut, put his hand over his mouth and wait on God. It means we wait silently on the Lord in verse 5. My soul waits silently for God alone for my expectations from Him. If we're waiting silently, folks, and you know what? I'm really glad. You know the mirror I talk about in church sometimes at the back of the room? I'm kind of glad that my camera has a picture of me because I can preach to me for a change, literally. My soul will wait silently on the Lord. That means there's no room for whinging. There's no room for complaining. There's no room for questioning God. I'm going to wait silently on God. The Bible tells us we're supposed to do all things without murmurings or disputings. This, this way of this contrast of waiting goes totally contrary to what we'd like to do. Because we think we're in charge. That means I can sit back and quietly wait for God. Sure, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're frustrated. Nothing wrong with talking about our frustrations. I don't believe that's bad at all. We're tired and we're weary and the things we want to do. And I don't think that's a danger at all. But as far as waiting and depending on God, we can do that in silence. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. Martin Luther once said about waiting, Bear, I love this, Martin Luther, Bear and forbear and silent be, tell to no man thy misery. Yield not in trouble to dismay. God can deliver any day. Isn't that beautiful? Can I read that to you again? Bear and forbear and silent be, tell no man thy misery. You'll not in trouble to dismay, for God can deliver any day. Boy, it's a blessing. What's the result of waiting? Deliverance. We did we expect him. Well, at the very end of the chapter we find God delivering us. Remember verse Isaiah forty, verse thirty one, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now the O there stands for opposition. I'm not going to focus on the opposition much because it's talking about human opposition here in Psalm sixty two, verses three and four. <coughs> Asking the enemy, How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence and they consult to cast him down from his high position. If we want to anthropomorphize the COVID-19, we could do that here, I guess. How long is this thing going to keep attacking? Um, eventually, God's going to give a victory over this thing. Every, every, every um, plague and pestilence of the past has come and gone. God will bring us out of this. So we need, we need to realize that opposition is going to come. It's always going to come. It's not a surprise. It's not a shock. But right now we're facing opposition from um, 
a, a virus and maybe leaders who don't make all the wise decisions, but opposition is always going to show up. The P, the C was confidence in God's ability. The O was opposition will come. The P is the provision of God's power. The, uh, I think I used something slightly differently earlier about um, the providence of God's sovereignty. Or we can see the provision of God's power. And here there's seven things. Team Timothy, guys, if you want to get your pencil ready, there's going to be seven points here about the way God provides for us in verses, um, kind of mixed up in verses uh, 5 through 10, starting with verse 2. Let me pick up the next few verses. <clears throat> verse 5, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectations from Him. He only is my rock and my, shel- my salvation. I shall not be moved. And God is my strength and my glory, the rock of my strength, and in my and my refuge is in God. Trust in God at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is our refuge. Surely, men of low degree are a vapor. Men of high degree are a lie. They're weighed in the scales, and they're lighter than a vapor. Goes on to say later on, don't trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. I'm going to just really focus on these these seven key elements of God's provision here, the way we see God work. First of all, back in verses 2 and then verse 6 and 7. All right, ready, lads? God is, one, first of all, my rock. He's my rock of refuge, um, sheltering me from the enemy. Verses 2 and 6, he's my rock of refuge. You know, um, David often, when he was running from Saul, was hiding in caves. He was finding his refuge there, and he and, and what he was essentially saying here, what David is saying is, <coughs> God is my cave. He's the rock that gives me refuge. God is the rock of my strength in verse 7. Uh, God, he is the rock of my strength. That's the rock that we can hold on to in a storm. He's not going to waver. God is my rock. He's my rock of refuge, and he's my rock of strength. Several times through this passage, and I'm not going to go back and read the whole thing again. We read the second point, guys. First of all, God is my rock. Second of all, God is my salvation. Three times in this passage, we talk, David talks about God being our deliverer. God's the rock we can hold on to. He's our refuge during this struggle. But he's our salvation. And the primary thought of this is, is that God is my, the author of my eternal salvation. Those of us who put their faith in Christ and trusted Jesus as our Savior, He is our salvation. But He's also our salvation during difficult times. That doesn't mean He's going to plop, reach down and pluck us out of this, this whole COVID thing. No, but He's our salvation through this. He can deliver us through this. First, God is my rock. Secondly, God is my salvation. Thirdly, God's my defense. Twice in here, we, it's talked about God being our high tower. Um, my defense is third. Uh, but we, we're lucky that we live in Ireland. We have, uh, we have high towers here, and most of them see. There's one in Kildare, there's one in Glendalough, there's one in Kilkenny. <coughs> there's a lot of high towers around us, and they're a picture of strength and stability. And some of them have been there nearly a thousand years, and they've stood the test of time. Well, God is our high tower. He is my defense. He's the one that provides protection for me. So God is my rock. God is my salvation. Third, guys, God is my defense. And number four is God is my stability. In verse 2 and verse 6 we read, 
first of all, back in verse 2 we read, I shall not be greatly moved. And then verse 6 says, I shall not be moved at all. We have the stability to stand when everything around us crumbles. And I don't know what the future holds. I mean, our, the world economic system could be in collapse. Society in many ways it will, be, will not be like it was before this, came thing, this thing came. But God is our stability. We don't have to be greatly moved. And then David reemphasizes that by saying, I will not be moved by this, by this issue. I appreciated Julius' song this week, this, this week about we shall not be moved. And <clears throat> I remember that as a Negro spiritual back in the 60s and 70s um, when Americans were fighting for their civil liberties. We shall not be moved. And that was taken from this theme. And how appropriate that we had that song in our church WhatsApp group this week. We shall not be moved. God, we don't have to be shaken by this thing. We have a rock, and that rock is our refuge. It's our source of stability. In verse five, the, the fifth. I mean, the fifth thing is, God is my expectation. God is my rock. God is my salvation. God is my defense. God is my stability. And now God is my expectation. Uh, said the verse five says, "My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him." We're expecting God to get us through this. He's the only one we can depend on. Nothing else is dependable. But our hope is built in the expectation of God. My hope is built in nothing less than Jesus and His righteousness. He is our expectation. He's the one we look to. All right, the sixth thing is, I'll go back and get these every time so you guys can get them. Number one is my rock. Two is my salvation. Three is my defense. Four is my stability. Five is my expectation. And six is my glory, down in verse seven. And and God is my salvation and my glory. We are never to glory in ourselves. Jeremiah chapter nine, verse 23 and verse 24 says, let him that glory, glory in us. And he goes on to talk about how we glory only in God, our salvation. If we, when we get through this thing, it won't be because of our ability. God will deserve all the glory. God deserves the glory for everything that's happening now. God deserves the glory even for things that, that we may not necessarily like. God can be glorified. I can't wait to get back to church, but I do glory in the fact that God is using this temporary video ministry to reach out to people all over the world. And I'm praying about some way to continue that. When this thing is over with, God will be glorified. And he's being glorified through this crisis. And man, as I walk on my walks, I tell, told you before, I see more and more people interested in the gospel and more interested to talk about the Lord than ever before. So six is my glory, and verse seven is my refuge. My rock, my salvation, my defense, my stability, my expectation, <coughs> my glory, and my refuge. Seven points. The psalmist remembers the time that he could found refuge in a cave. Um, I had a blessing this week from Psalm 57 where um, God talks about how in the difficult time he shadows us under his wings. And I, as I was walking, Jasper and I were walking Wednesday or Thursday, we were walking down the canal and <clears throat> as we walked up, <coughs> I saw a mother duck gathering her, her ducklings under her wings. And as we walked by, she was all puffy and you could see the, the, the babies under her wings as we walked past and got down a little bit, she let them go. And the verse says that he will, God shelters us in, under his wings. He takes care of us. 
He is our refuge. Rock, salvation, defense, stability, expectation, glory, and refuge. Um, and as we as we depend on God's providence or God's provision, we have we see a description of God's power. And then in verse eight, what do we do about that power? Um, we, we depend on that power. Verse eight: Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. Two things here: Trust God. Do you think God was caught off guard by this virus that started maybe in December, maybe much earlier, whenever it happened? Do you think this virus caught God off, caught God off guard? Virtually every world leader was caught off guard, but was God caught off guard? No. We need to trust Him at all times, good times, bad times, rich times, poor times. If we truly trust God, those things aren't going to change. God is always good. He's always trustworthy. God um, always loves us. God doesn't change. The God who take, took, take, takes care of us during the, during the boom times is the same God take care of us during the lean times. We don't have to trust ourselves or others or resources. We can trust in Him. So what do we do with God's power? We trust Him. Second of all, we pour out our hearts to Him. We had better learn to be people of prayer. Um, and now is, the, now, now is the kind of time we can learn to be um, people of prayer. God says, pour out your heart to me. I hope that during this time, and guys, I really do hope that all of us are becoming more dependent on praying to God during these days. Um, God's changed our prayer life over the last two months. He's made up more intense as we see the need to pray. The literal meaning to hear what he says, um, verse 8, pour out your heart before him. You know what that, I'm not too far off of a liberal Hebrew translation, a literal translation from the Hebrew. Pretty close, actually. Pour out your guts to God. Spill your guts. Just say it. God's not going to care. He wants you to pour out your heart. When we're praying, we spill our guts. We don't get it. We don't get it. We tell God we don't get it. And we trust Him to give us an answer. We find our strength in Him. We pour out our, our needs to Him. And then verse 9 and 10, there's a phrase about denying God's power. Surely men of low degree, everything around us is going to be weakened. <clears throat> Surely men of low degree are a vapor. <clears throat> everything around us is temporary. Um. We can't set our heart on them. We don't depend on our political leaders because that's, it's gone. Like a vapor. Gone. I think it was yesterday morning I was walking and it was quite chilly and this mist was rising up off the canal as the sun came up. Magnificent day. Beautiful. But as I was walking down the canal, the sun was coming up and the vapor was rising up and going away. And that's what all these human leaders are going to be for eternity. But God's going to be through it all. And then finally, guys, we have the E. Exalt God's glory. God has spoken once and twice I've heard this. Power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy. And you render to each one according to his work. Three things about exalting God's power. First of all, power belongs to God. He is the only omnipotent one. He's the only one who's the source of all power. All power is given to his in heaven and earth. God can do whatever he wants. And because we are in Christ and Christ is in us, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. God is greater than this COVID virus. If a couple weeks ago recommended a, a um, version series about God is greater than the COVID. And it was only like 11 devotions, but they were fantastic. God's got this thing. He's greater than the COVID virus. He is power. 
We exalt God when we recognize His power. We exalt God when He recognizes His mercy. Over and over again through Scripture, mercy and power are, are, are used in the same context. Lamentations chapter 3 says, It's only of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed during these times like this. We exalt God in His glory because He's powerful, because He's merciful. And then it also says that God is also God rewards us. God will reward our faithfulness. How does God reward our faithfulness? By giving us peace during the troubled times. What a joy it is to know that we have a God who is worthy, who has power and mercy and reward. All right, so remember, how do we cope with this thing? How do we get through this? We have confidence in God's ability. We remember that trials are going to come. Opposition will be there. We depend on the providence or the provision of God's power and His sovereignty. And we exalt the glory of God. That's it, guys. That's all we can do. That's nothing, nothing else can be said. We exalt God. We pray to Him. How do we cope? I hope you guys can will jot down Psalm 62. Keep an eye on it. And, and um, yeah, that's it. All right, we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're done. Um, we have some prayer requests for you. Uh, some have, I mean, the, so the prayer request we'll be looking for, we need to pray for our frontline workers. We need to pray that God will open the door for us to get back to church soon. It doesn't look good. We're looking like, honestly, it could be July before we meet. But God's stronger than that. Pray for wisdom for our leaders as they try to negotiate this roadmap. And I, they're human beings. I don't like everything about it, but... Um, Pray for wisdom for our leaders. We're told to do that. Pray for Holly's mom and the her health and for the family situation there. Thank God that Pastor Tharp up in Drahat is doing much better and pray he continues to recover. Shaylo asks us to pray for his workmate Miguel, um, a friend, a former student and a friend um, in Minnesota. Lorena Miller, I'm sorry, I can't help but say Lorena. Raina Miller, uh, Strange, Strange, yeah, um, What's this? Numbers. Numbers. The COVID. Oh, the COVID numbers are high. Are, are, are up in her hospital. COVID as well. Which means they're swamped with this. So be, she asked us to pray for her and her staff. And Miguel is also um, in ICU with a co- with with COVID problems. So um, let's pray for those. And Seamus asked us to pray for Richard Callahan's family. He passed away in Australia, and um, a lot of ordeals like this going on right now. Is that right? All right. Um, if you have more prayer requests, jot them down here later, and we'll come back to, um, and we'll add them to our prayer list and be praying for them. So let's pray, and we'll be finished. God, guys, thanks for coming. Take these words to heart. Man, I, I was so looking forward to preaching this. I'm so glad we got to see it. My heart is challenged um, so much today, and I'm encouraged of who God is and what He can do for us during this time. Let's pray, and we'll be done. We'll ask, pray that God will give us a blessed Sunday through the rest of the day. Father, we thank you for this message. Help us to know that there is a plan for us to cope. I pray it should be for wisdom for our leaders, Lord, in countries all over the world. Lord, they're humans, and Lord, as our own Irish government or our own Irish leaders are looking to how to work through this roadmap to come out of this, they've still got decisions to make. Dates could change. Things could change. Lord, I do thank you that at least we have something to look at um, as far as coming out of the stuff that we're in. Lord, I pray that you'd um, help us to get back to church soon. Lord, it doesn't even seem feasible some ways. Lord, we've got to look at Kids Club Camp. Kids Club is already canceled until September. Camp is looking threatened. Lord, we just need your help in these, making these decisions and how we can go forward for you. 
Um, I do thank you that even though our kids club is canceled, that Mary's doing these Bible lessons on Thursday afternoons. Help them to be a blessing. Um, I pray that you be with you. Sorry, I got confused. I'm going back and forth. Um, be with Pastor Thark, the Lord, and bless him and help you with his health up in Drogheda. Thank you for him doing so much better. We ask you to be with Holly's mom as she's waiting test results and dealing with family issues. Give her strength physically and emotionally and spiritually. Uh, Jayla's workmate, Miguel, is in the ICU. And Lord, I pray that he might be able to come out of that soon. And the last I read, things did not look too positive. Pray for um, Raina and her nursing staff in the hospital in Minnesota. Lord, their numbers are up with COVID um, uh, hospitalizations. They're overwhelmed with work, and she asked us to pray for her. And I pray that you'd help her through this through the time she's going through. Pray for the family of Richard Callahan, Lord, who passed away this week, a friend of Seamus, in situations facing us like that. So, Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to, in some way, Lord, be able to get through this time. And, Lord, I do long and yearn for the day we can be doing this back together in fellowship with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.